in a series called Goodness Gracious, and what we're talking about is the goodness of God and about His grace. And uh, just to kind of give you a little bit behind the scenes, uh, every week when I prepare a sermon, uh, I, I use commentaries and studies and all these different things to prepare what I have to say. And I typically over-prepare, and so uh, I, I preach about 35 minutes. I over-prepare, and I, I, was, I try to figure out what I'm going to kind of shave off of it. Every once in a while, uh, like about once a year, maybe twice a year, um, there's nothing to shave off. And as a matter of fact, what I've essentially done is prepare two sermons <laughs> at the same time. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. This is the part one of, uh, um, of, of what I wanted to be one sermon, but it ended up being two. So we'll, we'll pick it up again next week. And so uh, it's going to be a little different this morning because I'm going to be giving you a, a, a big history about the heart of God and why we were created and what his kingdom looks like. And then next week, we'll talk about the kingdom that Jesus is ushering in. We'll spend more time on that. But it was just too much for me, and I couldn't shave anything off. And so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to start in Matthew, and then we're going to go back to the beginning of uh, the world, and then we'll, we'll go along. So you'll, you'll see it in just a little bit, but uh, it was a little different, and I'm super excited about this morning and next week as well. Matthew's kind of a trip because um, that might be the only time you'll ever hear that from a pastor. Matthew's kind of a trip. Um, but Matthew's kind of a trip because he, Jesus is, is born, and we, we all know that story, and that's what we're celebrating at Christmas time. Jesus is born, and then uh, all of a sudden he just shows up as a man, and he's getting baptized, right? And so that's where we pick this up in Matthew chapter 4. We don't know anything about, really, about what, what he did between being born and um, being 30. You know, there's just a big, big gap there, and Matthew doesn't even try to address it. Matthew just kind of picks it up where it goes. But what's really fascinating is how, what Jesus does. The first thing we see Jesus do, first he gets baptized, which is one of the reasons why we have baptisms here uh, at Living Spring, because Jesus modeled that for us. And um, uh, the, the next thing he did is he began preaching, okay? Now here's where we catch it up, Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 13. So John gets put in prison, John the Baptist, and that's where we pick it up. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. Okay, so you go, well, what, what in the world? You know, why, why all the information? Well, Matthew does a really good job of talking about the different prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. Okay, and so we say, why, why do you bring up Zebulun and Naphtali? To fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Now, this is really fascinating, you guys. I was geeking out on the Bible all week long, okay? Matthew quotes this prophecy. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Now, Matthew stops there in Isaiah. Later on, we're going to pick up where Isaiah left off, but Matthew, in his uh, um, uh, account, stops there. And then he goes on and he says, From that time on, 
Jesus began to preach, okay? Now, when you think about all the things Jesus preached about, if you go just a few verses from here, it's the Sermon on the Mount, and that's like uh, uh, three Bible pages of a sermon that's read it. If you ever, if you have a red letter Bible, like the words of Jesus are in red, it's basically three red pages. Okay, so um, that's what he begins to preach. But but if if I had to ask you, what do you, what do you think Jesus? If, if if you had to tie up in a nutshell what Jesus preached on, uh, maybe we might say love. Uh, we might say. Um, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, even he said that sums up the law and the prophets. But that's not what Matthew's going to say. Matthew says this. This is how Jesus began to preach. Repent. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, for you and I, we think of repentance as like, you know, uh, we messed up and then we ask for forgiveness. But it's really to change your thinking, to change your mind, to, to do kind of a 180. You're turning around. You're thinking of things differently. And for these people at this time, they were waiting for a Messiah. So when, God, when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, and if you read uh, Mark and John, they, they all say the kingdom of God. There's a tiny bit of nuance between the two, but they're basically the same thing. The kingdom of heaven, you, you would have leaned into that. You would have leaned in and gone, oh, the, ki the kingdom of heaven is near? Like, could, could this be it? So Jesus is saying, hey, you guys got to turn around from what you're thinking, what you're doing. The kingdom of heaven is near. Now, the reason I'm stopping here is because I want to go all the way back to Genesis to see what was God's initial plan. Now, God's initial plan was that he creates humans, he creates the earth. I don't know how long it took, whatever. Some, you know, some camps say of literal seven days. Some camps say those were, you know, eras or whatever. I'm too dumb for all of it. So all I know is that he created it, okay? And so he creates it, and then he creates uh, uh, Adam and Eve in his likeness in order to reign in this kingdom. The first thing God does is he creates a kingdom. Watch, Genesis 1:27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created him. That's, that's the plan. Watch what happens in the next verse. God blessed them. That's really important. Keep, just keep your eye on this idea of blessing. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And subdue it and rule over it. This is a kingdom that God is establishing. Okay? And rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, when God creates this kingdom... He needs to give us agency or free will, right? Otherwise, we're just robots. So he has one rule. One. There's a tree, knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from it. It's about the simplest. It's the simplest. It's like don't touch the stove. It's hot. There, I mean, it's like the easiest thing to, to not to do. You have one, one job. <laughs> don't eat from the fruit. Now, listen. This is what I want us to get in our minds as we kind of go along in these different scriptures. Every time, every time we abandon God's kingdom and we establish our own, it ends in bondage or it ends in death. 
It is impossible for us to have our own kingdom alongside of God's. God has designed a kingdom. God has designed a structure. He is our king. And whenever we try to take the throne, it never ends well. And it always feels like every time God establishes his kingdom, establishes his rule, that to go along with it feels like we're missing out. It feels like we're missing out on something. To, 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 to navigate our bodies the way God would have us use our bodies, sometimes it feels like we could be missing out. To use our finances the way God would have us use our finances, it feels like we're missing out. To serve the way God would have us serve, it could feel like we're, we're missing out. And this is exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. He sets up this kingdom. Everything was great. There was no sin, no pain. You're running around naked. Nobody cares. You're, it's, like, it's like awesome. You're, you're, you're subduing the land. And, and it's like, oh, yeah, but that, that tree, though. Like, if I could just, I, I just want to just sniff it. Yeah, I just want to sniff it. Here's what happens. The, 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 the serpent shows up, and, and, uh, and Eve says, uh, the serpent, you know, comes in. And you guys probably know the story. If not, uh, it, it, the serpent shows up to tempt Eve and basically says, you're missing out. I mean, that's, that's basically the thing. God doesn't want you to have something, and it's so important. Look how important it is, right? And she says, no, no, no. If I eat it, I'll die. As a matter of fact, I shouldn't even touch it, right? Which isn't what God said. He said, don't eat it. But she, she uh, took it to touch it, probably because Adam told her that, but who knows, right? Here's what the serpent says. You will not certainly die. God's holding out on you. This kingdom that he established, you're missing out on the fun. You're missing out on, do you, you know what it would be like if you ate it, right? He says, you won't surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food. God wants me to eat, doesn't he? Pleasing to the eye, uh-huh, right. does this sound familiar? And desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And it was over. They established their own kingdom. They established, look, God set up all this stuff. It was going great, but you know what? I don't want to miss out. Does that sound familiar? It sounds familiar in my life. And so there we go. Sin and death enter the scene now. Uh, they, um, they're, they're ashamed, there's now shame involved. And uh, now they have to toil. She's going to have pain during childbirth. And he's going to, you know, toil. And he, that's, that's the story. And that's uh, how sin enters the world. One rule. Don't eat the fruit. And I don't know how long it took them. Like, may, I don't know how old they were at this time. Maybe it was a few years. Maybe it was the next day. I don't even know. But it was just, it was just like that. So, so then there they are. And so God has this planet that has now sin in it. And so he, later on, nine chapters to be exact, he decides, you know what? I want to have a people. <laughs> like, I had a people, Adam and Eve, and they were going to be fruitful and multiply. So we need to set up another kingdom, another system. And so he goes to a guy named Abram, who, who he changed his name to Abraham. And he says, okay, all right, let's start over. I'm going to give you some land. 
and you're going to be as fruitful as the stars in the sky. I'm going to make you a great nation, okay? New kingdom now, right? This nation. And uh, Adam, I mean, uh, 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 Abram is like, he's old, and his wife Sarah was old, and they're like, there's no way we can have kids, right? But God specifically told them, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have kids, and they're going to be, you're going to pass your inheritance onto them, and that's the new system. And the very first thing they do is break the, the system. Sarah's like, oh, this isn't happening fast enough. Go ahead and sleep with uh, my maidservant, right? And so uh, that, that's what happens. And so, uh, but God continues to do it. God does give Sarah a, a, a baby. And here's, here was the thing of the, um, of the covenant he has with God. All he has to do, the Lord said to him, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to a land I will show you. That's it. As a matter of fact, in the uh, Abrahamic covenant, they call it, God, uh, uh, they take a, uh, a cow and they cut it in half, which is kind of disgusting. Uh, unless you're eating ribeyes, then that's fantastic. But th th and he separates them, and then God walks through, and this, it becomes this covenant. And it's, it's almost an unconditional covenant. It's, he doesn't say anything about, okay, you, th the law isn't even available yet. It's just like, this is it. Go to the land. Be fruitful and multiply. You will be a great nation. You will be my people and I will be your God, right? And here's what he says. He says, uh, I will make a great nation and I will bless you. Remember what I asked you to remind you that uh, Adam and Eve, were, they were blessed, right? I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. Listen, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Every time God sets up a kingdom, it's for everyone. Now, it looks like, oh, well, this is just the Abrahamic covenant. It's not for, no, no, no. It's so that there's, they're an example of how good God is, right? And so uh, that, that's what he does, okay? Um, I'll be blessed through you. Now, to make a long story short, uh, they do that. They go into the land, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, it, it's kind of, it's beginning. And then Jacob has these, tw these sons. Um, uh, one of them's Joseph, who gets these dreams from God. And his brothers send him into slavery, okay? And he ends up in Egypt, okay? We don't have time to go through all that, but that's what happens to the brother. Now, that's not part of the kingdom, that wasn't part of the kingdom. Sell one of your brothers off. It was to be in the land to become a great nation. But that's what happened. There's a great famine, okay? Joseph happens to be in charge of everything. There, they get, the Abraham gets, uh, gets um, nervous because there's no food. And he leaves the land. The only thing Abraham had to do was stay in the land. That was the whole kingdom. That was the whole idea. All Eve and Adam had to do, don't eat the fruit. All Abraham had to do for the second kingdom was just stay in the land, populate it. Like, and then all the nations will see that I am your God, that I take care of you, and they will be blessed. But they end up in Egypt, and they end up in Egypt for 400 years. As a matter of fact, in the Abrahamic covenant, it's very fascinating if you want to uh, read it in Genesis chapter 12. 
He tells Abraham, you're going you're gonna to end up in a country that's not, not yours. Like he, he even like prophesies to him, right? And so that's what happens. And this is where we get to the third kingdom. God goes, I want my people back, right? And so he says to Moses, hey, Moses, I need you to go to Pharaoh and get, your, get the people back. And here's what happens. So Moses goes, goes to the people. Uh, they, they come out. They go through the Red Sea. Did you ever, you know that? You see it, the Disney movie? Okay, all right, good. All right, <laughs> okay. They go through the Red Sea, and they're, they're about to take over their land, but they mess up the kingdom again because they wanted to do it their way. Here's what happens. Uh, Moses comes down from Mount Sinai, and he's got these Ten Commandments, okay? And the Ten Commandments, you know, honestly aren't that, you know, don't kill somebody, you know? Like, does that really need to be written down? Apparently it did. Apparently it needed to be writ written down. So, like, don't kill someone. Don't, you know, you know just st stay married like, with your spouse. Don't be running around. I mean, just all these, like, normal things. Don't lie, right? You know, all these normal things. It's, it's kind of easy. And then he adds 603 other laws. Now, this is what's going to set the people of Israel apart, is that they'll have these uh, laws with them, okay? And that they'll do them. And the laws aren't really that cumbersome. Well, you know, do you know one of the laws is uh, don't curse a deaf person and don't trip a blind person? Like, who, ne who needs to be told that, right? Well, here's the thing. God knows that when you get your own system and not his system, when you try to take the throne of your own kingdom, you need to be reminded, hey, it's not about you. You, can't, you shouldn't do that stuff. And humans, trust me, I think there should be a law that you can't curse out a deaf person and trip a blind person, right? And that's all God's doing. He's just maintaining a, 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 a kingdom that the other nations will look upon and go, wow, what is going on with your God, with your king? Here's, here's what it says uh, in Exodus. This is, uh, he says, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you'll be my treasured possession. And you go, oh, oh, that's, that's um, so they're special and then God doesn't like the other nations? No, watch. Uh, he says, although the whole earth is mine, okay, you will be for me a kingdom, a kingdom of priests, and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. And then Moses ends up giving them these laws and these Ten Commandments, right? And here's what he says. Watch this. This is so cool. This was the goal all along. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way that the Lord, our God, is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have, uh, and so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I'm setting before you today? It would be so that they would be set apart so that God's kingdom, all those people around will go, man, I don't know, I don't know about all those laws and stuff, but look at these people. 
their God, their must really, their God must be amazing, right? But then he goes on and he says, because God knows when he sets up his kingdom in your life and in my life, we're going to want to set up our own kingdom. We're going to want to take the throne. We're going to feel like we're missing out. That there'll be some part of the kingdom that God sets up in your life something he doesn't want you to do or something he does want you to do, where you're going to have the temptation to go, I don't know if he really has my best interest. I don't know. Here's what it says in Deuteronomy, uh, uh, just in the next verse. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely. Examine yourselves. Examine what's going on so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen. Or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. In other words, look, we've set up this system, okay? These laws and things. If you follow them, if you do it, things are going to go great for you. You will be blessed. As a matter of fact, you already are blessed. But watch out. Watch out. And so this was the kingdom he set up. And if you uh, kind of you know, our historian or know what happened. I mean, li literally, while, while uh, Moses is up on Sinai, they start worshiping this golden calf. Like, they, like you just had one thing. Just wait for Moses to get back. <laughs> and they couldn't, they, they couldn't do it. But doesn't that sound familiar? I mean, doesn't that sound familiar? For like, Maybe you're single and you're, you know, you're just like, I don't, I don't think God... I, I, you're waiting to find a spouse. Maybe you'd like to be married. And so you're, you're just, you just, you start forcing things. You start forcing relationships. You start, you start um, uh, doing stuff you know God doesn't want you to do. Right? Or maybe it's something with your finances where you're, you know, you're in business and uh, uh, the, the Lord has uh, blessed you with this job and, you know, blessed you with, uh, you know, things or whatever. And then the company's like, hey, I need you to fudge some of these numbers. And you're like, man, I, I know that's not part of God's kingdom, but does he really care for me? Because I, I haven't had a raise in two years, and I, I really need that bonus, right? Or maybe it's something else where God's told you, hey, uh, I want you to forgive this certain person. And you're thinking, if I forgive them, that lets them off the hook. And they do not deserve to be let off the hook. And God's going, this is my kingdom. I'm in control. Don't blow this. I got your best. You're not missing out. Or maybe there's a, uh, you're with a group of friends and they start acting up and doing stuff. And maybe the Lord has been real specific with you about substances, different substances. And, and he said, hey, uh, you know, for you, no. And you're like, oh, but everybody's having so much fun. And there's this new thing and all this. And he's like, you don't need that. You don't need that. And you go, I just got to sit on the throne for just one little bit. It always brings bondage and it always brings death. And that's what happened to the people of Israel. Now, you say, John, what does this have to do with any? I mean, uh, that was a long, drawn-out thing of these different kingdoms that God has, these different systems that God has tried to establish. Well, let's go back to Matthew again. Okay, because these are the things that the first hearers of Jesus, they would have known all these stories. They would have known exactly what was supposed to happen. And they were waiting for a new system, a new kingdom. 
That was that the Messiah was going to bring in. And right now they're in an, there's another uh, nation occupying their land. This land that was supposed to go to Abraham, then that land that was supposed to, they, they were supposed to take it over when uh, they left Egypt. And now they're occupied and they're waiting for this Messiah to come. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, uh, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Now, he's quoting out of Isaiah. Here's how Isaiah continues. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Listen to this. And the government will be on his shoulders. This is a kingdom that Isaiah is talking about. A new kingdom. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his what? Kingdom. When Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is drawn near to you, they would have understood what he was trying to say. It goes on establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. When uh, we'll be talking about m more about this kingdom next week, um, when uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples, right? And uh, they're all kind of pu pu pulled them all aside. Uh, they ask him, hey, would you teach us how to pray? Would you teach us how to pray? And Jesus says, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll teach you how to pray. And he says, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be their name. Right? And what does he say in there? Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. What I want us to understand and uh, what, I, what we'll be seeing next week is that this kingdom is not something far off. When we say the kingdom of heaven, we're not saying, uh, and there's this kingdom and, 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 and when you accept Jesus, you go to heaven. A absolutely. That, that's, we, want, we believe that. We, we want that. But it's saying something so much more exciting. It's saying so much more good news, Right? is that you don't have to be king. You don't have to be in control. That God has established his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven to give you freedom and to give you life. When we take control of our own life, when we are wrapped up in our own anxiety, when we're trying to control people, we're trying to control situations, we end up losing out. It becomes bondage or it becomes death. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life, that you would have it more abundantly. This is the good news, that if we would just submit to his kingship, to his authority, he's the prince of what? Peace. That's the kingdom that he's ushering in. And so when he says to his disciples, hey, pray that the kingdom of God would come on earth as it is in heaven. See, look around. 
He'd always say, what, what would he say all the time? Hey, those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, there's another kingdom that is not dependent on what culture thinks. It's not dependent on what your appetites are. It's not dependent on any of that. And we're going to go over next week as the worship band comes back up. We're going to go over next week what exactly this kingdom looks like and why it's so exciting and why it's such good news that we don't have to be on the throne anymore. Will there be times that we feel like we're missing out because we're doing the right thing, because we're following what the Lord would have for us? Yeah, there'll be those times. But understanding that to go against them just brings bondage and death and that he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. It is really, really good news, and I can't wait for next week. We're going to uh, play another song here, and uh, there's, if you want to come and pray, I like to, uh, every Sunday, I like to just come and kneel at the altar a little bit, just to set my week up, you know, just to kind of uh, prepare my heart for the week coming up, and you can do that as well. You can come up and pray. There'll be somebody at the cross who uh, will be praying as well. If you want someone to kind of lay hands on you and just uh, be real specific on a prayer for you, um, uh, you're welcome uh, to do that as well. Or you can just sit and contemplate in your seat. But I I would ask you to ask yourself this question and, and bring before the Lord this question. God, is there any place in my life right now where I've taken control, where I'm sitting on the throne. Maybe you're anxious about your finances. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe it's something you haven't let, let go of yet. And just ask him, God, where, 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 where's an area in my life where I need to give you back your kingship? You are back in control. That it would be your kingdom come in my life as it is in heaven. And so I'll pray for us, and we'll do that, and then at the end, I'll come up and bless us. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that we can already begin to just change our minds, that we can repent, that we can submit ourselves to your kingdom, we can submit ourselves to your lordship, we can submit ourselves to who you are. Lord, we thank you that uh, you didn't just leave us alone. That you tried again to establish another kingdom. And that you were willing to have it cost your very life. So Lord, I pray for uh, those of us who are trying to listen to you, Lord. I pray that we'd hear your voice clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Now, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go in his strength pray that you go in his joy, in his love, and in humility. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.